0: and welcome back to the real love podcast my name is micah stevens and i'll be hosting episode three and this episode will entirely be about our bodies our minds and how we can be stronger and how we can serve the body of christ and our families better i am joined always by drew wells drew how are you doing excellent 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 our guest today needs a little introduction, especially by me, a great friend of mine, been a physical and spiritual mentor for me for quite some time now, really helped me get my health in check. And actually, uh, if you're listening to this on uh, October 1st, we'll be doing a sprint triathlon tomorrow. So yeah, we we're are. very excited about that. But his name is Dr. Barrett. Dr. Barrett, thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, my pleasure. I was excited to get the invite.
0: That's right. Uh, tell us a little bit about, just give me your background. Um and what you do today and how you help people get healthier. Sure.
1: Yeah. So I'm a chiropractor, uh, passionate about nutrition movement and uh, and helping families achieve optimal health and wellness. So we have a clinic in town uh, where there's a CrossFit gym. We counsel in nutrition, functional medicine, and then obviously a chiropractic office. And so that's who we are. Uh, we always our, our kind of mission is families in our office are healthier than families out of our office. So, uh, we want to just get families under our care or moving in our gym or, you know, guided in their nutrition journey. And we know that wherever they're plugged in, they're going to live a healthier life. And so we're just passionate about families and, and seeing them live to their God-given potential.
0: Beautiful. So you, you have three tent poles, as I heard it, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. We have nutrition, we have chiropractic care, and we have CrossFit and, yeah. and movement, movement down, downstairs and Rhema CrossFit. That's right. Those eat. are the three main things.
1: Mm-hmm. We, we, we tag it eat well, move well, be well. Um, so those are the three components to the health, factory in our mission. We feel like those are the three principles in terms of physical body. Uh, there's a mental body and a spiritual body we want to support as well. But from a physical body, if we can move well, eat well, be well, if we can get adjusted, move our bodies and fuel it properly, right. then we're really on the road for, for health and success.
0: Okay. And some of these questions are going to just come at you rapid fire, because I think what we want this podcast to do is help people. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a, a, a massive issue right now. I think a lot of people are trying to get information, good quality information, trusted information about what they should be putting into their bodies, how to move their bodies, how to stretch and work their bodies. And so some of these questions may be difficult for you to answer because they're probably not as black and white as I'm asking them. Sure. So those three things, what would you say the most important is as nutrition, chiropractic care, and and then moving your body well?
1: Yeah, the importance is really based upon the, the, the individual. So, okay. So what I mean by that is Uh, If you were just to lay it out, I would say nutrition. Okay. Uh, It's going to make you or break you. Uh, Nutrition will uh, either breed disease or it can be a cure. Uh, But nutrition also comes with a lot of action. You have to be very intentional, actionable on a plan and on a journey. So therefore, we talk about chiropractic as being such an amazing piece of the puzzle because it's passive. You literally just have to show up and you will be healthier from it. Sure. So those five, 10 minutes of your time can produce some cr- pretty incredible changes in health outcomes for me. I had asthma and allergies, changed nothing nutritionally, but just by being under chiropractic care, I came off my medication. So it was transformational for me. And so if it's a passive approach and you're just looking for the best bang for your buck, I mean, chiropractic care is gonna do that for you. But in terms, if you lay it out, and we we just remove time, we remove uh, you know the energy it takes to invest in the area. It it does come down to nutrition. Nutrition right. will uh, it, again form disease or or create create health.
0: Wow. And and so in your in your experience, what is making it so difficult for people to get their nutrition under control? Like again, we can you you maybe maybe you've heard every excuse, but for you specifically, and you what you've seen. What's been like one of the, couple of the biggest things that people just are having a difficult time controlling and or optimizing their nutrition?
1: Well, to be honest, it's, it's, it's just comfortable. It's, uh, it's a habit and we're, we're addicted to uh, food, we are. And, and if we really look at the science behind it, it purely comes down to an addiction. So when we consume that sugar, it, it, is, an, it, it is a dopamine response to the brain when we consume something um, that's usually not the cleanest Um, it is going to produce a bigger effect on the nervous system. Um, and and then that in and of itself, when we repeat that long enough, it becomes a habit and an addiction. And then, um, nutrition is one of those, you know, it's, it's hard because you're doing something different than everyone else. And so if you were to just look at our society as a whole, um, and you look at the standard American diet, the foundation is carbohydrates and, and it doesn't matter the carb, um, and so you're flipping the switch on the script. You are doing something countercultural. And anytime you do that countercultural approach, it's just hard because everyone's telling you shouldn't or or asking you, why are you doing this? And so it's just difficult when you feel like you're on an island
0: doing it yourself. Absolutely. Wow. Do you think it would be helpful for people to almost admit, even if it's internally and psychologically, hey, I am addicted to sugar and or this food would that be helpful in kind of the emotional journey to start and begin because we've all heard it I'm gonna start Monday yeah I'm gonna start Monday and we have the and some people all they need to do is talk about starting Monday and it scratches that itch and they just keep doing the same old thing do you think if we were like hey this is an addiction I do have a physiological addiction that I need that call and response of sugar and or that biscuit and or that cookie or chips that late night snack would that be helpful have you seen people say oh addiction that's a big that's an interesting word that some people maybe never never added to the narrative of their nutrition
1: right yeah and, and it's almost like uh, when if you're obese or overweight as a kid you would use humor as a way of kind of offsetting the attention um, of being overweight and in isolation and so you 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 know i think the same thing is true with nutrition we just laugh about it we just say oh it's I'm addicted, right? But the reality is at home, they know, I think most people know it because if you go without it, but all you think about is it and sure it's, inevitably it's, it, it is a, a willpower struggle, but there is a sense of surrender. Okay. Um, when we do look at alcohol, drugs, sugar is, is a drug to the brain. So there has to be a reality check of, yeah, this is, I, I am addicted, right? Um, that is humbling. Because it means that it has greater power over you, so that you actually do need a higher power. You do need God to overcome addiction. Hmm. Um, but if you think you can do it by the strength of your own arm, sooner or later it will fail you, whether it's drugs, alcohol, or sugar. In my opinion, wow. I don't actually separate any of those. I think they are all the same in different ways. Right. But are all the same. And so yes, the surrender piece is important. And this is getting a little bit, you know, even deeper than I communicate a lot of times. But it is necessary to communicate that when we do get to a point of, hey, I can't do this on my own. I need accountability. I need grace right. to move into a greater state of health. It, there's victory in that.
0: Wow, it's interesting to now you, you you introduce addiction and then introduce a higher power into that situation. And obviously, this podcast is faith-based. We're talking about God's. We believe that real love and that real power is the is quintessential. It is vital to our, our day-to-day decision making and, and talk I don't think a lot of people introduce that into even though scriptures clear about gluttony yeah it's clear about overeating and it's clear about fasting and sure and adds these different um attributes uh, from scripture but talking about that and using it and say hey Inviting God into that conversation with your nutrition is very interesting to me. Yeah, I was
1: was sitting down with uh, the boys, um, a a group of boys, My, my son and his two friends, the other day. We were in Gainesville for the Gators' balls game, and while sitting there, we were at a campsite, and I was reading in Proverbs, and Solomon was pretty much, "Hey, eat a little honey, great. Eat a lot of honey, really bad." Right. And so it's, you know, even even him was pointing to the fact that um we can become right uh, addicted or things can be bad when we consume too much of certain food items sure. and um, and we know it we know that uh, you know the the we, we talk about how the t- the body is the temple of God and the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we want to honor God with our bodies, our minds, our spirits. Um, but there's such a disconnect because yeah, we we, we again a lot of times just kind of, Say hey, uh, laugh about it, or it's not a big deal. You sure, know, we, un- we put it under the rug, but right. but but then at home, here's the problem. But then at home, th- people know I'm hurting, mm-hmm. I'm sick, and and diet has a role in it. Absolutely, nutrition has a role in it. Wow,
0: that's powerful. I hope people are, are hearing that. I'm hearing it absolutely because I struggled with my weight for several years. Um, something that I love that you talk about is your why. Mm. And so I'd love you to explain a little bit about that when it comes to all the aspects of health, nutrition specifically is what we're talking about now, but talk about the individual yours and why you think the why behind a different journey that people, because a lot of people in the room, a lot of people listening right now are on a journey that they're not happy with mm-hmm. when it comes to their health.
1: Right. Yeah. So one of the big things we, we exactly do talk about with our clients is, okay, what brings you here? And why do you want to make a health change? And unfortunately The reality is that we get a lot of um, because I want to look better um, I I want to feel better and we get those and that's superficial, right? That's a that that will only produce change for a season sooner or later the why has to be bigger than I just want to look better um, because it's fleeting so we really try to shape the why in terms of maybe even emotional traumas or emotional connections and so that may be a why for a patient maybe hey i can't play with my kids because every joint hurts i'm overweight i I can't even walk up the stairs or play ball with them or um, the why may be the grandparent that isn't able to play with their grandchildren so when i think of a why it has to have some type of generational idea of like hey my why is not just for me it's for my kids and my kids kids i always think three generations and so that's my why i want to be here for my kids 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 i want to see them and play with them and be highly energetic and be able to support them uh, in their journey bring wisdom to their life so you have to think generationally into your why and it has to be bigger than yourself and it and and again aesthetics are fleeting so you'll you'll never stand before a mirror and say, I've I, I've I've reached it. Right. I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it will never happen. So we're always chasing something we will never get satisfaction from. So your why has to be breathed. I was talking about uh, breathed on by the Holy Spirit. That I believe that God can give us a why, and allow us to continue the journey through the hard times when we want to give up when we do hit roads and obstacles, when, hey, um, I lost 10 pounds, and this is what happens, lost 10, haven't lost any. Mm-mm. And and when we don't lose any and we're focused on the number, our why starts to f- fade. That's so good. And so wh- wh- our why has to be so much bigger than a number, has to be so much bigger than an image. And when we get a better, bigger why, then we can push back uh, through the phase of plateau knowing that the plateau effect happens but there is an end to it and you can continue down that health health journey
0: that's so good because I, I believe the yo-yo we've all heard it mm. if you've been doing anything or talked to anybody either yourself or your friends that have had trouble with their weight or whatever the case may be the yo-yo that's right lose 10 gain 12 lose four you know and i think i i, I couldn't believe more and agree more that if your y is bigger than that number if your y is bigger because it's an individual thing that yo-yo happens and you start eating because, you know, you want to look better and you start, you know, you stop because you're not reaching the goals that you have as an individual. But if you put it on a generational thing, it's just such a larger thing and it's a bigger thing and hopefully more motivating and inspiring to accomplish that. That's really that's cool. That's right. Wow. That's awesome. So the average American… They, they they're eating whatever they're eating whatever they can get out the house with quickly they're going to grab fast food maybe at lunch and they're going to maybe cook together as a family or they're going to just try to get something yeah. and get to get homework done just eat everybody grab something yeah, you,
1: you, you want to know something crazy real quick the average american consumes 150 pounds of sugar per year pardon me yep 150 if you were to take a, a, a pound of white sugar right and multiply it out 150 times that's how much pounds of sugar an average American will consume in a year. You want to talk about a health change? Remove sugar wow. from a house, and it will change. And that's that's not carbohydrates. That's right. sugar, sugar. Sugar.
0: That's literally. that's when you look on nutritional added sugars. Uh huh. Hundred fifty. Not pounds, a banana sugars. You're talking about grapes. added sugars. Hundred
1: fifty pounds of sugar. Fructose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got it. That's right. Mercy me. Isn't that, that crazy? Sorry that is wild. No, no we're talking it's, about it's, American families. Yeah, and you know, people are always asked, "What's my first step? Cut out the sugar." Yeah, that was but my question. We, we, yeah, right. That's the game changer. Sugar. You know? And and uh, we don't we don't know, but it's in the chicken nuggets at Chick fil A. It's in right. the uh, soda that we drink. It's in the added sugars in the bars that we consume. Right. It's in the juice. That's five percent juice and twenty grams of sugar. It's
0: per eight, serving, it's, which is. In every Cereal. Uh-huh. It is. The it's wild it. thing to me, you look at a Captain Crunch box, and it's like, the nutritional facts aren't great. They're not but great. then you look at the serving, mm-hmm. and you say you're having a bowl. You're having probably four servings of Captain Crunch.
1: Oh, that's right. No so, one consumes an actual serving. No, a
0: serving is like four pebbles. That's right. <laughs> Who, <laughs> you know does that? <laughs> Who does that? Who does that? I wouldn't even do <laughs> no, that. No, I trip and eat four pebbles, okay? <laughs> that's unbelievable. 100. Yeah. So you're saying, so that was my question, basically, for the, for the average American family, what to start... And how do you do that with your kids? I would assume it's very difficult. As I have a, I'm, a, I'm a parent of two young. You have a parent of four. Yep. And it's like, hey, it's the it's cultural. If we're having a party, there's candy. That's we're right. leaving Faith Promise Church. There's a guy they call the lollipop the guy, lollipop which I'm like, guy. hey, don't yeah. talk to that guy. And he's just <laughs> giving lollipop. You know what I'm saying? I don't want yeah. it for their teeth, for, their, for yeah. just whatever. So how do you manage it? How American family. So. We decide today, we're listening to this podcast on the way to vacation, or we're listening to it do this, or we're in the car, and we're deciding, we're looking at each other, we know we need to change. Let's cut sugar out. Talk to us like, practically what that looks like.
1: So the most practical is, you know, a lot of families are going to eat on the road. Yeah. Right. So uh, let's just say your kid drinks lemonade at Chick-fil-A, or any other fast food restaurant. Apple lemonade, juice. Right, or, yeah. apple juice. All right, hey, why don't you cut that in, ha- in half? Why don't you do half water, half lemonade? Right? Okay, maybe the kid isn't going to just drink water, because so they're now
0: addicted, as we have said. They want 100%. that, yeah, They want they, that taste. They, so, listen,
1: we're not going to cold Turkey a, mom a six-year-old with three kids in the back pulling through the drive-through. Yeah, they're screaming their heads. You're off. surviving. You're surviving. Yes. And so, Full
0: Metal Jacket.
1: And all of a sudden, you pull their drug away. Yeah, That's not good. <laughs> no, <man. laughs> I wouldn't do no. that to my wife. Right. I'm not going to do that to you. So, why don't you just take that lemonade and put half water in it? That wow, at least reduces fifty yeah, percent sugar sure, content. Boom! Yeah. There's a strategy Absolutely. moving in the right direction. At home, the biggest sugar is going to be in the cupboard. So, what do those bars, snacks? Uh, perfect example. My son, he plays uh, with uh, in our in our cul de a bunch of boys, and uh, and so one of the boys across the street um, has uh, like Gatorade, sports drinks. Right. Okay. Sports drinks were made for elite athletes. Right. A- elite athletes like me yeah, pretty much <laughs> <laughs> you paused uh there was a hesitation <laughs> so uh it's not made for high school athletes it's not made for everyday average show athlete and it's definitely not made for an eight-year-old nine-year-old or ten-year-old yet they're playing and he takes and he's, he drinks two power aids and you look on the back there's 50 grams of sugar right and these sports drinks that's a hundred grams of of sugar and so hey instead of the sports drink right um there's alternative drinks to that um and 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 so or hey why don't we just limit how much sometimes it's not eliminating it's just making a progression so look in the cabinet and find the highest quantity sugar products and just make a switch next time you're at the store just flip the nutrition label right look at sugar content and find something that's less than right um and and that's really the strategies it's not necessarily going all or none right it's where are you going to be five years from now not five days from now right if you remove all this from the cabinet and you throw it all in the trash your kids your husband will freak out your wife will freak out and so sooner or later there has to be this okay what's Practical and how do we like atomic habits take a 1% change every single day? And maybe the 1% is just diluting that drink Maybe the 1% change is we're only drinking one soda a day Maybe the 1% change is you don't have to eat two fruit snack bars. You just have one it's it's or or What we do with our kids um, If they want a carbohydrate So let's just call that a fruit if they want a banana or apple or whatever we make sure they pair that with a beef stick so we say hey here's your grass-fed beef stick and you can have a banana but you're not just eating carbohydrates you're not just eating straight sugar you're going to have a more well-balanced snack so maybe also it's not just about uh, removal it's about adding quality protein or quality fats like nuts and seeds that kind of satiate them a little bit longer and the ki- kids Burn through sugar so oh, yeah. fast. And they want them carbies. They want they, them chippies. They want w- them chewy. Come on! And when it drops, they want it again and, yes. again, and again. Fifteen but minutes later, nuts and seeds and protein—they prolong that glucose release, right? And so it helps stabilize kids a lot longer. Um, and uh, and then the other thing is when our kids ask for a snack, uh, we tell them to drink water first. When they drink water, uh, there a lot of times their perception of hunger is actually is is actually thirst. Hmm. And this is true even for you when you think you're hungry drink a glass of water and re- reassess in 5 minutes I guarantee you forgot about that that snack a right. lot of times it's thirst
0: not Hunger. Interesting.
1: So, those are just some practical things that we've talked about.
0: And you and I have discussed it before because, again, I'm I'm attempting to practice at best what I preach because I text you probably every day about a question, especially if we're doing a cleanse together or if we're preparing for a race because we, you know, I like to change things up a little bit for me. Just I get bored. I want to change my nutrition or my training regimen. But so, for like sugar specifically, it's not all sugars. So, it's the added sugars we want to really avoid. Like, I drink kombucha, which got 12 grams, the one I get, has mm-hmm. the triology has yep. 12 grams per serving of sugar. When I'm like, hey, I can't have this. And you're saying, no, 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 it's different when it's sugar alcohol versus added sugar.
1: Yeah, that's what you want to look at is the added sugar. Right. Piece. That's the most important piece because in, inevitably if you get a pure 100% fruit product, the sugar content, fructose right. on there will be 20 grams. Right. But did they... Add, add sugar sugar. To right. It. Yeah. And that's the first step. Not all sugar is created equal. Mm-hmm. There is added sugars. Um, but you know, even looking at kombucha, cause a lot of people drink it, you know, that sugar is put on there because they put it in the batch, but once it ferments, that sugar isn't no longer a sugar, the actual bacteria and yeast break that sugar down and make it into a sugar alcohol, which doesn't affect your blood sugar the same. So, uh, but yes, it is the added Sugar, Okay, that's the most important piece to look at in the beginning, but then sooner or later, the conversation should be, hey, are we are we balanced in our nutrition? Right. So no longer the next step. So you're like, I've already done that. I'm okay. already looking at added sugars. What's the next step? The next step would be, okay, now how many carbohydrates are in this? How much protein's in this? How much fat is in this? Right. And we want to now start to create a plan of a balanced macronutrient profile.
0: Because something that's unpopular in my heart that I hold frustration towards you is I'm sure the lack of snacking. Like the last four oh. weeks I don't I haven't snacked at all. Wow. I love yeah a little snicker snacker mm-hmm. throughout the day. Yep. So talk to me about why we shouldn't, you know, why you talk about the four so you can explain that a little bit and why we should avoid snacking if we can.
1: So health, in my opinion, health and longevity come down to a hormone. It's called insulin growth factor one, IGF one. So when we look at longevity studies in in mice, and even in humans, um, the less IGF-1 that's made, the longer someone's going to live. Okay. Okay. So when you fast and don't eat anything, you don't make IGF-1. You don't make insulin because there's nothing coming in. Okay. Okay. So when we look at food, every time we eat something, we're making that hormone. So the idea is insulin growth factor is a growth factor. We don't want to keep growing our our body. Um, we want to be in a state of repair and healing and grow. Repair, heal, grow. Repair, heal, grow. If we just constantly bombard the body to grow, 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 we're going to grow things that we don't want. Right. Love handles. Ooh. Cancer. Yes. Those are not good things. No. No. So we don't want to keep growing. So the idea is, hey, it, when we remove snacking, it allows the body to get into a fat-burning mode, and then we can refuel and then fat burning mode and refuel. So 4412 is you eat breakfast, you wait at least 4 hours between lunch lunch, wait at least 4 hours before dinner, three meals a day. Dinner to the next day's breakfast should be at least 12 hours. So I say minimum 4, minimum 4 and then minimum of 12. And what those windows do is it allows your blood sugar to lower so that your body burns fat to stabilize your blood sugar levels and then allows you to step into kind of those again healing modes repair recovery especially in that 12-hour window and why a lot of research goes into in, uh, intermittent fasting right or extending that 12-hour window to right. 14 or 16 hours you know what it does to your body hormonally from a growth hormone a testosterone standpoint recovery standpoint so the the break in food um, allows your body to heal when you eat a snack it just spikes your insulin right and when that happens you're constantly spiking a system that's just storing storing growing growing that's where that's where people get fat
0: Mm. well We could probably talk for hours, and we're going to try not to do that. But you'll be coming back. This will just be part one, we'll call it, of Dr. Barrett's Health Talk. And I think we appreciate you coming in. Uh, Drew, you want to give us our uh, report card? Drew gives us a review if we made any boo-boos or what he researched as we we talked. So talk to us.
2: Uh, Yeah. Well, obviously, I'm an expert when it comes to health. Someone call you Um, the picture of health. Yes. Um, So um, some takeaways, some interesting things that Dr. Barrett was uh, talking about – Health as nutrition will make you or break you. National health expenditures for 60 years. U.S. healthcare expenditures have increased annually. Currently, healthcare costs are growing 1.1% faster than the annual GDP. What that means is our economy's great. Our uh, hunger uh, is increasing faster than. Even or hunger uh, for food is greater than a hunger for coin. That's right. that's right. So by 2028 U.S healthcare spending mm-hmm. is expected to reach 6.2 trillion dollars. 20 percent of the GDP. So 20% of what America makes in anything um, is going to be health that's, taking yeah, care of ourselves. Um, so it's crazy uh, how that is. Um, they last year uh, or well 2019 because 2020 they're still piling up but uh, 3.8 trillion dollars was spent uh taking care of ourselves um about eleven thousand dollars a person um the average american spends twelve hundred dollars a year on fast food um just in case you're wondering how much that is that's about 110 billion dollars we spend on that so uh the 150 pounds of sugar was crazy but it reminded me of a quote i don't know if you've heard this one dr b Uh, it's nasim taleb he said the three most harmful addictions are heroin Carbohydrates and a monthly salary. Come on, um, which that's was a just, good word. Which is just an interesting, but tying this all back to your why. Um, and as Christ followers, we talk about uh, the things we should crave. Obviously, uh, the scripture is very clear. We should crave God's word, um, His Spirit, His presence more than anything else. Sugar can get in the way of that. Uh, something really crazy. I'd had a mentor tell me this a long time ago, but there's various levels of education in the Jewish system uh, in the Old Testament. What was going on one of the levels was called the house of the book this was uh in the age ranges of six to ten years old often the rabbi who taught the children at this level would provide an object lesson because they wanted the kids to remember this for the rest of their lives um and because honey sugar was not common it was actually a very very rare commodity on the first day of the school the rabbi would give each of the students a slate this is what they would use to write upon basically like a tablet or a laptop now he would pour honey on each child's slate, and he would have the children run their fingers across the slate, and then he would have them lick the honey off their fingers. It's the first time most of them at six years old had even tasted sugar, and he would say to him, he would say to the kids, may the words of God be like honey on your tongue. Hmm. Um, And Ezekiel, it talks about uh, rolling up a scroll, eating it like God's word. It should be sweet to our mouth. David writes in Psalm 119, 103, how sweet are your words under my taste? Yeah, they're sweeter than honey to my mouth. So it makes me think when you talk about our addiction to sugar, it could be, is it possible? This is spiritual speculation, but has our love for sugar replaced uh, something else that we are told in Scripture multiple times in multiple ways, something we should crave as much or more so. That's right. um, so crazy stuff. Uh, just a couple of things you talked about just for the people to remember. Uh, not all sugars are created equal. Uh, avoid added sugars. Um, don't be focused on the why you can't be fixed on the number on the scale or the image in the, in the, uh, mirror. Um, those are not the goals. The goals is, um, being healthier. So, uh, uh can I say watering down drinks? That makes it sound bad. It does. It we, makes we, it sound bad. Dilute? <laughs> yeah. Dilute. There you go. That's a better word. Dilute. Okay. Uh, and I do want to talk to you cause Mike and I've talked about this before. Are you aware of water shaming? Have I've you? S- I've actually never heard of this. Okay, this is a, a a phrase I'm coining, and I want it to get out to the people because we need to fight back against this. Right. It's called water shaming. When you go to an establishment, an eating establishment, and you're given a cup, they give you a nice full size cup if you order a tea or a coke or yeah, a something. But when they give you a water, what do they this give you? Yeah, the little, the little, little, little yeah. tiny, the yeah. little tiny lost sippy boy, cup, lost boys like, cup as, as if as if to like mock you. Yeah. Like look at this yeah. child. So I call it water shaming, yep. water and shaming. I, we need to put an end to water shaming. We do in public can, eating. Yeah. Honestly, there's
1: so much guilt with that. You're just gonna you're just gonna buy the regular. You don't want to
2: feel. You time. feel bad. Yep. You look bad. No do you're yeah. doing the oddball. So,
0: well, we we appreciate Dr. Barrett. Thank you so much for your time. The Health Factory is located on Alcoa Highway. I go there three times a week, and it's changed my wife's, my mine, and my two kids' lives. So we appreciate you. Thank awesome. you so much. It's HealthFactoryKnoxville.com if you want to go check out the website. Absolutely. Well.